Would you call yourself a socialist? Uh, no. You've never told a lie in politics? No. No. See, somebody sent me a video action last Friday and it had you talking at the socialist youth. Oh, right. Yes, yes. And, and you mentioned the word comrade uh, about four times in a minute. What was that about? It was a rally and I would have been about 25 years old. Comrade, 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 comrade. You're listening to the Liberty Channel. Coming up, Counterspin with Calvin Alp. Welcome to Kalispin, 10th of May 2021. Joining me in the studio in Central Command is Carleen Hediorda. Interesting name, she'll give a bit of back about their background. She's also a staunch advocate for children, which is the theme of this show, and uh, has links to this current inquiry that's going on into state care abuse, which is probably the third plus, and still I don't see the high-profile people getting hauled out of their homes and put in jail. Let's hope this actually turns up something now that they've got a wider scope of inquiry to look into all aspects of this, including powers to uh, uplift any rock. Because I believe there will be a lot of little cretins hanging out under those rocks and in positions of power. Um, 
She is also, like Paul Zentfeld in our last show, um, looking closely at and will no doubt take part in the this inquiry. Um, so without further ado, what we're going to do is we're going to set up this next part when we come back with her with um, a video from Tom Ballard and the Underground Railway Railroad um, show, Sounds of Freedom. Check it out. I don't think I can do this job, Tim. As soon as I lay down, all you see are those kids' faces. How long you been doing this? Twelve years. How do you do it? It is the fastest growing international crime network that the world has ever seen. It has already passed the illegal arms trade, and soon it's going to pass the drug trade. Senor Timoteo, tu rescatamiento es verdad. Quizá puedas ayudarme a encontrar a mi hermana. Imagine walking into a room right now, seeing an empty bed. What will we do? Shivering stars drift around in the sky. We're Homeland Security. You know we can't go off rescuing kids in Colombia. This job tears you to pieces. This is my one chance to put those pieces back together. We're talking about extracting an 11-year-old girl from an army of rebels. Not just her. I'm talking about rescuing hundreds of kids. She could be a block down the road, or she could be in Moscow, Bangkok, L.A. Over two million children a year are being sucked into the deepest recesses of hell. If we do nothing, someday it's going to reach the likes of you. What if this was your daughter? Welcome back to Counterspin. Carly and Hedy Order is joining me in the studio. That that you just saw, that's the real pandemic. Forget all this other rubbish that they're putting over the um, media to distract you from a number of things. Carly, let's just delve right into it. What drove you to do this? What drives you? Uh, first, guys, thank you very much for having me here. Thank you, brother, for creating this platform for us. It's very easy. Um, the beginning of last year, my partner and I took in a family of six um, within a month of having them in our home, we come to the realisation that um, something was not right within the family um, and a whole lot of due diligence and evidence gathering um, pretty much led to the uncovering of um, what I thought was probably the first ever international child sex trafficking ring right here in good old Aotearoa. Mm. Um, yeah, five men arrested, um, one girl rescued, 
and one girl saved from actually being sexually exploited, but she was um, raped, and we are still currently going through court for that trial. Um, one more man to try and actually lock away, because the first four um, at the hands of this judiciary system that we have here in New Zealand um, found that the first four men who raped this 15-year-old um, had enough going for them and pretty much set them free back out into our community. And watching that all play out, um, I knew that I needed to do something about that and bringing awareness to the wider public of New Zealand to let them know that these atrocities are happening in our own country right on our own back door. And the flooding of stories that have come out from us exposing our own story and helping with this trafficking ring, um, it's not the only time it's happened and it's bigger than anything I could have ever imagined uh, myself being involved in. And I think the general public are getting sick to death of watching these predators getting away with limp-wristed, wet bus ticket, fines, sentences. It's almost like <clears throat> the judiciary and those around it are looking after their own. That's, that is the only thing that um, we can kind of break it all down to is the system has been designed by our bureaucrats, our politicians, our judiciary, our police, our lawyers, our journalists even, um, our family welfare, our child welfare systems to look after themselves and not protect us, the people, but mainly our children. It's been a horrible journey um, in the way of uncovering the depth of pedophilia, incest, child sex trafficking, um, child abuse within our state care, our faith-based care. I never thought this was the country that I lived in. I've always thought this, this stuff was only in the movies. It was only happening in other countries around the world. Not for a second did I think at any point was I living in a country that was tainted with some of the most horrific crimes that I've ever ever encountered really. Yeah, we sort of we sort of get the um the position in New Zealand where well people take the position in New Zealand where unless it directly affects them, right. no one gets off their rear end to do anything about it. But they're quite happy to be armchair critics and try to tear down and rip apart those who are standing up. Like you've got the stand in the park people for a start, trying to bring light to things. You've got Christchurch Patriots, you've got all these other people trying to protect others. They don't have to do this. They do it off the out of the goodness of their own heart to try and bring awareness. But like most, this is one thing, because I remember statistics quite a while back that they said one in every four in this country have in some way been affected by abuse. Mm -hmm. I would say that's only reported. I would say that's, yeah, that's more right. like one in every two. And I bet every single person watching this show and those who will tune in soon because we're becoming the dominant platform for truth, um, they will all be touched by a story like this. I hope so. That's why I'm here. Any chance I get to go on any platform or stand in any protest or join any patriot or freedom fighter um, to put the story out to the public, 
Um, I'm going to take that opportunity. And you hit on a point earlier that unless it directly affects you, you're not bothered. You're not going to do anything about it. And I was one of those people. I was living large, taking charge, enjoying my own life. And then, boom, we got hit with this whole child trafficking scandal. And watching it all play out, no one was doing anything. And I was like, okay, maybe I have to do something. Maybe this is what I was born to do. This is my purpose. Because it happened just like that. That sort of lends itself to your, to the uh, heady order part of your name, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Explain that part, because that's actually a... Uh, yeah, so heady order means bound to survive. Um, way, way back, generations ago... Uh, my previous family name, um, there was a curse on our family and and all the firstborn boys were dying off. So it got to one generation and the family got sick of it. So what they done was they took the firstborn of the latest generation, they made a rope out of flax, so a harikiki rope, tied his penis put the rope through the back, through the middle of his legs and then bound his hands behind his back and drowned him in order to kill the curse off um, that was affecting our family. And then from that came the birth of my current family name, which is Hedioda. And honestly, throughout this journey, um, going through child abuse, child sex trafficking, child sexual exploitation, and then becoming aware of satanic ritual abuse. Um, it kind of dawned on me that it was already set up for me to kind of end up on this journey um, because it's who, who I come from, really. Yeah. The, the thing is, I don't think people actually realise the scale of this. Nope. I mean, it's been said, and it's pretty hard to argue against, that New Zealand is a pedophile masquerading as a country. And a lot of people in positions of power mm-hmm. are protecting these cretins. <clears throat> in fact, I believe there's four particular serving MPs mm-hmm. that have name suppression for these types of things, and they're still there now. So I wonder what portfolios they've got and what they're in charge of. Well, you're right there, because in our own case, right, the first man that was arrested, his name was Marcus Barker, 55 years old, um, had his own carpeting business in Kaitaia. The crimes that he committed against this girl, because there was video evidence, um, which was uploaded onto porn sites and people were able to subscribe and download the video of this 15-year-old being raped by this man. The original charges actually landed him with a sentence of 10 years, but because he chose to testify against the main perpetrator who was the one who organised the the, the ringleader, um they reduced his sentence to three years. And then what happened was one of our sitting MPs, who um, is well-known in Kaitaia, and he was a former principal um, in Kaitaia, actually wrote him a character reference. And that character reference um, helped Marcus Barker's sentence to be further reduced 
to one year home detention and a thousand dollar fine. Which he could probably still access the net and get himself off looking at child porn. Right. And when we blew the story on this, a former neighbour of his had reached out to us to inform us that they had already laid complaints about Marcus Barker being a peeping Tom, spying on both neighbours at the time, 12 and 13-year-old daughters. They were both reported to the police. This man decided to run the mother off the road, which they have given um, affidavits for, and also um, pulled a gun on the father. The police didn't do anything about any of this. And then he was allowed to remain in the community and then he became a pedophile and a child sexual exploiter. But he's still allowed to be in his community. He's still got his business. He's got there's no real punishment for him. I mean home detention there's all different forms of home detention. You can have 24-7 lockdown. You can get locked down from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. But because he has a business, um, he's pretty much got free reign to still be out in the community. Exactly. And that's been helped by a sitting MP who is number three on Labour. And I think he has three portfolios that are very, very important. And one of them actually has to do with what we're talking about today. Do you remember Grant Cagle, I think it was, who was a Christian some Christian party, who was also a police prosecutor. He used to stand up and go on about how, you know, children should be safe and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. He got convicted, of course, of child abuse. Um, and then the, I think the stepfather or the father of the one of the children gave him a hiding outside the courtroom. And then he got charged for it. I mean, people are trying, you know, people want to take matters into their own hands yeah. and wipe the floor with these creds and simply because nothing's ever done. And it's only the low-level hanging fruit mm-hmm. that ever gets done. To make, make it look like they're actually doing something. But this is huge. It's actually everywhere. Yeah. That's our pandemic. And you're right about that. I mean, all the court cases that we went to um, when it came to sentencing, so we attended three of the sentencings, and the amount of strength it took me to not approach the judges and punch them in the face, because I was so disappointed. There is video evidence of this 15-year-old girl, unconscious because... This man used drugs and alcohol to completely sedate her to a point where she had no idea what was happening. This is a real thing. (coughs) These are videos that I've witnessed myself. And for that to not be enough for these men to be lawfully prosecuted in a way that um, fits the crime that they committed, it's horrible because anyone who rapes a child there should be a sentence of life in prison. But they've just robbed a life, haven't they? But because they've just robbed a life. But that is not what happened in this case. And that's only the first case. That was only the first sentencing. Then we had um, Michael Cornelius Weitenberg, 57 years old, from right here in Maidangi Bay in Auckland, who had his own ministry, um, small congregation out in Maidangi Bay, um, also partook in the sexual exploitation of this girl. And not only did he do it once, he actually tried to book in to go a second round with her, which was announced in the courtroom. And all he got was six months home detention and um, 
he offered to pay the victim reparation, which I'm not too sure of the amount, so I can't actually state what that was. So it makes you wonder what's going through the judge's head. Maybe Speaking he of the judges, well, in, in all these cases, right, if you've got one victim and five perpetrators, I would think that you would only have one judge residing over the whole case. We're about to have our fifth judge. Wow. We've had a different judge every sentencing, and they ain't even the same judges who heard the preliminary hearing. And now we're going to high court on June the 15th to try and put away the ringleader, and we've got a completely different judge again. So he's basically the only one who's actually been held. Yep. Yep. And probably have it all handed down on him, yeah, or maybe not. Yeah, well, the day Michael Waitenberg got sentenced, uh, Owen James Sigley, 66 years old, from my hometown, Kawakawa, and I attended school with both his daughters, so I know him very well. And that was horrible to find out because I knew with us exposing the story, his daughters were going to find out. Yes, innocent ones. So there was about a 30-second time slot where I thought, wow, do I really want to hurt these girls? And I was like, but this is But the you're saving a lot more. Saving a lot more. I had to do it. And his oldest daughter actually attended the court case. Now, both these men bawled their eyes out in court in front of that judge. As soon as their sentence was handed down, uh, Mr. Sigley only received nine months home detention and a $1,000 fine oh. for raping a 15-year-old girl where there is video evidence of that. Ended up out in the foyer of the courthouse, laughing, happy as, no tears, nothing, absolutely no remorse. Good showmanship, eh? Great showmanship. And it worked because that was the outcome of that, was home detention. In there, he stated that he's had to sell his business, he's had to sell his home and move from Koakoa because the wider community were very upset. It's a complete lie. He's still operating his radiating business in Kawakawa, and he still has his home. They're still allowed to go free. And I understand that one of the reasons that Mr. Sigley was, his sentence was reduced, was because his family are one of the founding families of our town. And it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, a lot of these people, they, 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 once they get caught, all of a sudden they're sorry. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're not sorry mm-hmm. for what they did. No. They got sorry, they're sorry that they got caught. Absolutely. And then it's every man for himself, like yeah. sh- rats leaving a sinking ship. Yeah. So these people get light sentences because they're dumping on the other person mm-hmm. that they're only too mm-hmm. happy mm-hmm. to rape a child yep. with. That's right. That's horrible. You've also got some uh, new information that's exclusive to Counterspin. Um, on the Glen Elg Health Camp. Do you want to go into that? Yeah, so um, throughout this journey of um, becoming an advocate at the beginning for child sex trafficking, that's all I wanted to do was bring this awareness to the wider public. But what it done was it opened doors for victims of other crimes to reach out to me to share their story. After we blew our story, every day there was just story after story after story and one of the stories that really touched my heart um, this wonderful human being named Alan Ford um, who is a resident of Christchurch and he was also a former caretaker of a health camp called the Glenelg Health Camp 
um, down in Christchurch in Hillsborough. And he sent me through a document, which we have here, which I've given to um, Counterspin exclusively to share um, as far and wide as they can, in regards to the sexual abuse of young girls in this health camp at the hands of a Dr. Diane Espy. Now, Dr. Diane Espy was performing what she was saying were... Um, hymen examinations to check these young girls to see if they had been sexually abused. And what she done was she reached out to a psychiatrist to help her commit perjury against the fathers of these girls and accuse them of molesting and raping their own daughters, which... Um, gave them the right to go in and uplift these girls from their homes, put them into this health camp where she could actually have their way with them. And <coughs> in this case file, the testimonies from these girls are absolutely horrible. One girl named Violet, 12 days in a row, Dr. SP performed these procedures on this girl and then coerced her because she had no one there with her during these procedures and coerced her into believing that her father had committed these crimes against her. That's right. Then she was uplifted, the father's arrested and questioned, and then he has to live, live with the stigma that he's a pedophile or he's right. um, performed incest on his own daughter. And there's two other girls in this document. Two of these girls' fathers actually died before they got to clear their name. Yeah. So that's why we hope we'll be able to do that now. Because it says here in one of the documents, it talks about Dr. Espy. Mm -hmm. And it says, Dr. Espy's indulgence in satanic, lesbian, pedophilic perversions with the girls. Mm -hmm. Dr. Espy's fabrications of allegations of sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. Um against the fathers of each girl, mm -hmm. like you just alluded to. Uh, Dr. Espy and the Department of Social Welfare's combined efforts to destroy the respective family units. And that is a yep. key point. If you have a look at the legislation that has been going on over the last few decades, mm -hmm. it's been moving to destroy the family, to completely wipe out the family unit. Yep. That makes children more vulnerable, <clears throat> makes children easier prey to be uplifted for spurious allegations, and then, of course, to traffic, to abuse, to do all that sort of Stuff. Yeah, so the story was actually brought to the public um, back in 2004 and 2007, but the exclusive on the story that isn't in these records is that <clears throat> when these crimes were brought to light and her service to the Glenelg Health Camp was ended, she actually took part, or she took a job on the Dunedin DHB as the head of the children's department. So despite knowing all of this, mm -hmm. she still elevates to a bigger yep. position. Yep, she wow. got moved off, the girls got silenced, she got a prominent position on the Dunedin DHB, and when one, of, when one of the advocates for these girls found out, they actually got in contact with the head of the DHB department in Dunedin to make a complaint about Dr. Espy's... Um, perversions. Perversions. Sickness. 
instead of doing it's just wrong instead of doing anything about it what they done was they all they done was they actually ended her contract there was no ramification for what she had done in the past. So she moved from the Dunedin DHB to the Canterbury DHB, where she took another position as the head of the children's it's department. Almost like, it's, almost like, it's almost like priests who overindulge in um, kitty fiddling. Right? I call them kayfids Well, this sure. is kitty fiddling. One of the witnesses that we have from her time at the Dunedin DHB um, she was actually using drugs and administering drugs to deem them not able to... Incapacitated. Incapacitated, yep. that's the word. Um, and she's ready to tell her story. So we've got all these witnesses who have been waiting for someone, something, to come forward and help them get the justice that they've been searching for. This, these all happened the in the 80s. Yep. And we're in 2021. So almost... 35 years, these girls have been waiting. We've got 117 victims. It's like the Lake Ellis people as well. They wait yep. decades to get justice. Right. And from that point till now, imagine how many more that will have to wait 15, 20 years for all the cover-ups and the sweeping under the carpet mm. and protect your mates. Uh, it's Honestly, I don't know how... Um, Alan has gone 30 years advocating for these girls. He's given up his whole life. He was the caretaker. Violet was the first girl who actually ran to um, his caretaker shed for help after the 12th day and told him what had happened. So him and another friend had organised the way to get the girls out of the health camp. So they pretty much, in a sense, kidnapped the girls. But what they were doing was saving them. And he's still trying to save them. And he had come across... um, couple of my lives and thought man she's got some balls maybe she can help get the story back out there again and here it is and here it is and you can actually google dr diane espy and you can find other articles um on what happened in the glenelg health camp just that no one cared enough at the time to um give them a platform to really share their story you know everyone kept shutting them down they done a a quick exclusive on assignment back in 97, I think it was. It didn't go anywhere because this government find ways to distract us from what's really Always. going Look what's going on. on now. Classic. So that's the story of the Glenelg Health Camp. And <clears throat> we actually have to go back to Christchurch because we have video evidence of these woman at the time when it first happened they were just children of their testimony we have um video testimony of them from their teens and we also have we also have to go back to christchurch to give them an opportunity to tell their story as grown women now some of them in their late 30s some of them are in their early 40s and they've been waiting for this moment to really share their story. 117 victims. Yeah. And that's just from the Glenelg Health Camp. We're not talking about the ones from oh, the Dunedin DHB, hundreds the Canterbury of thousands DHB. And another plug, we have been given information from the chairperson of the current Royal Commission that has stated she also had placement at the Roxburgh Health Camp after she was removed from the Canterbury DHB. Well, we'll tell you what we'll do. We'll just go on a break. We'll... um. We're going to show a, a Herald clip, actually. Um, 
And you just lead us into that because then we'll discuss more on the Royal Commission and the financials around mm-hmm. it and all that sort of thing. Um, so the clip you're going to see is by the New Zealand Herald and it was to um, let the public know that there was a Royal Commission hearing into the abuse of children within our state care and our faith-based care. Let's check it out. Hi everyone, Will here with Focus Live and I'm joined by David Fisher, uh, our senior writer at nzherald.co.nz because David, the most comprehensive inquiry into abuse of children in state and faith care is underway. That's right, Will. This is this is an inquiry that is looking into how state-based organisations, boys' homes, girls' homes, faith-based organisations, uh, boarding schools, uh, uh, charities uh, that, that were set up by churches that looked after kids, uh, how they looked after more than 100,000 children from 1950 through to 1999, and if the circumstances warrant even beyond that. Uh, and it has already heard evidence uh, that, that is strong enough, concerning enough uh, for them to pass it on to police, for them to pass names to police to investigate over the abuse of children. Not just people who've since died, basically, right? There are people alive now being investigated. Uh, There there, there are people alive today who will be very concerned about the information that uh, the Commission is hearing because it will name them. Wow. Initially, this was just obviously an inquiry into state abuse that branched out into faith-based institutions as well, right? Uh, in terms of the type of inquiry it is, uh, it's probably the broadest in, in scope of any inquiry that's been held like this in comparable Western nations, and, and there have been quite a number in recent years. Uh, the job that they've got to get through is absolutely enormous, and they've only got three and a half years to do it. You've spoken to some of the victims, and there are numerous ones out there, I suppose. What are some of the stories that you've heard? So uh, Lake Ellis, uh, the former psychiatric hospital, that's a, that's a scar in New Zealand's uh, history, collective history. Um, uh, that, that, that was an institution that took in a lot of kids. Uh, it, it, it dealt with children. Uh, they came from uh, a lot of the boys' homes, girls' homes around the country, uh, and even had cases of kids uh, basically just being hooked off their parents and told into the psychiatric hospital uh, where they were subjected to uh, horrendous sexual abuse and and, uh, electrocution masquerading as therapy. Well, I understand also there's a bit in here about um, abuse against Māori, the, the high proportions of them that were taken into custody, I suppose. That, that's right. And uh, I interviewed uh, one of the commissioners, uh, uh, Anuru Iruiti, uh, and uh, he, he has spoken about uh, the state's attitude towards Māori during uh, the time that these boys' homes and girls' homes are really booming and uh, at, a, at a very paternalistic approach because the state didn't seem to view uh, the concept of fun as being the same as the concept of family and so it would overreach and it would take children that didn't need to be in care and put them in care and the, the follow through from that now is the disproportionate number of Māori that are in uh, still in state care if you like, uh, they're in prison uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a massively disproportionate number and uh, uh, 80% of those prisoners uh, were in state care when they were kids Right, let's take a look at, uh, at a clip of that interview now the survivors I've met with so far, their experiences are very, you know, they're very varied from faith-based institutions to state-based institutions. So, um, and they, they are heart-rendering, they're really difficult to sit in and, and uh, listen to. And, um, you know, for, for many of them, it might be the first time they've told their 
talked about their lived experience and they want to speak to a commissioner. Uh, they want to speak with someone with authority and someone who they think might be able to make a difference. We've got registered, we've got over a thousand survivors registered to come and participate in the private sessions. And we, we are hoping to see as many survivors as we, as we can within our, within our mandate over the next three and a half years. We're all enormously respectful um, and grateful to survivors for coming forward and sharing their lived experience with us. All right, Fish, I'm just wondering, you know, the, the, there are a lot of these other organisations, particularly faith-based organisations, coming to the table. How much power does this inquiry actually have? Because obviously, as we talked about before, years and years of institutionalised cover-up. The Royal Commission operates under a, the New Inquiries Act, which, which is relatively new uh, legislation. They've got enormous powers. I mean, they can turn. there's no rock big enough that they can't turn it over. Uh, all they need to know is where to look. Uh, so, so the next set of hearings, uh, where it goes to next, is going to be looking at the faith-based institutions. Um, that's going to be really interesting because uh, the Crown has pledged to lift secrecy, to lift waivers of confidentiality, to, to waive legal privilege. Uh, the faith-based institutions, they haven't all gone there yet. Uh, so we're going to see two weeks of hearings starting at the end of October, uh, and those faith-based institutions are going to be the ones that the inquiry will be looking at then. Is the feeling at the inquiry that this is going to unearth a, an enormous amount of, of, of stuff that hasn't been talked about, I guess, in you know decades and decades of New Zealand's history, a half century? New Zealand is going to be shocked to its core. It really will be. Our, our history, it's a hidden history, uh, is going to be exposed. The inquiry's got the powers to do that. Uh, those organisations that turned up at the hearing, uh, they, uh, the faith-based and state-based, have pledged to give the inquiry every bit of assistance that they possibly can. Uh, if they stick with that, uh, then, uh, yeah, stand by to be shocked. And we will also stand by for your reporting. Thanks very much, David Fisher. Breaking news throughout the day at nzherald.co.nz. We'll be here, of course, on Facebook Live. Welcome back to Counterspin with uh, Carly and Hedy Order. Uh, we're talking about child abuse, pedophiles, predators, and everything in between. And it's a sick subject, but it's something people need to know. This isn't a small thing. This isn't just happening in a back alley. This is happening in prominent places. These are, these are rape parties. These are child abuse parties that these people do. They, they create these. They invite guests. It's sick. And I'm going to see what this Royal Commission of Inquiry has actually got to come up with, considering how many have we had? A couple already? Yeah, I think this is like the third one. And there's been like smaller scale ones. We just finished different... the uh, Waitangi Tribunal Inquiry into Oranga Tamariki, which pretty much brought about something very similar to what the Royal Commission hearing is actually going through, um, which is in regards to the abuse of children in care. Do you think, do you hold much, in all honesty, because we've had so many of these, and, and we know governments, police, I mean, not all cops are bad, just like, you know, in every organisation you have yep. ones who really want to do something mm. good. But unfortunately, like scum, mm. it, that rises to the top of any organisation. So do you hold much hope that those good people can actually get the real elite of these organisations brought down? Absolutely not. Wow. I have no faith in them whatsoever. This is going to... It's going to take the people coming together. It's like with everything we're fighting in the world right now. Geoengineering, 5G, 1080. You can't beat people power. And that's one thing that we're lacking in our country. You watch all these 
protests around the world, like the one that was in London a couple of weeks ago. 1.2 million people standing up for our freedom. Imagine if 1.2 million of our people all gathered all at the same time. Yeah. You can't stop that. There's Excuse me for a minute. I'm just uh, looking through my phone because I want to. <laughs> I want to. I want to uh, read an email because we know that Freemasons, mm-hmm. okay, Freemasons are blamed for everything. The mm-hmm. world's ills are blamed on Freemasons, and uh, people are mentioning uh, Freemason demon lawyers, which mm-hmm. are actually between 12 and 21 year old mentoring. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the Demolay was the last Grandmaster Twenty Third was actually Jacques Demolay or Demolay. It's actually D M O L A I, but it's also spelled M O L A Y. He was the Twenty Third last Grandmaster for the Knights Templar when Pope Clements the Fifth uh, ordered ordered them disbanded. I think thirteen twelve, mm-hmm. and then he hunted them down like dogs because the Pope actually owed them money. They were the elite fighting force that protected Christianity. And in order to become a, a Knights Templar, you have to be Christian, right? So, um, so it just doesn't fly. That it's illogical. You can't say everything's run by them, considering mm-hmm. it's only a Christian order. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, um, I and because I am, and I've made no secret of it, I am a Freemason. Mm-hmm. And I'm sick to death of getting tarred with the same brush constantly. Yeah. You know, in fact, um, I wrote an email to uh, the New Zealand Grand Master, actually, Graham Wrigley. He's down in Wellington. Uh, over my concerns. Mm-hmm. And I want to read that, actually. And I will just get you to check the date that it was sent. January 15th. January 15th. Even before the show. So it wasn't like it was a setup. I did it yesterday. So here we go. Now this is um, we get mass emails out of uh, things that are coming and coming down the line, road shows, all that sort of stuff. So I said, dear Hobnog, um, thank you for your email. I realise it was sent to me in batch form, but appreciate the contact nonetheless. I have for some time been trying to illustrate what I believe to be the key factors in the decline of Freemasonry in New Zealand and indeed the world over. Unfortunately, such attempts have fallen on deaf ears. With this email, I hope it will find an engaging ear. Or, as this is indeed an email, an eye. I thought I had a funny (laughs) dancing. The world, as we we are aware, is awakening to the information previously unknown to all but insiders and those with the ability to decode the signs. Unfortunately, when humans are exposed to mass data dumps of information, they they often are unable to process the sheer volume of that information and as a consequence, their minds become overwhelmed. That's why you've got people running around like chickens mm-hmm. with their head cut off with all sorts of different things. Like it or not, Freemasons are blamed for much of the societal ills people face. It is believed that we are evil men that are not only pedophiles and Satanists that harvest adrenochrome from trafficked children, but that we are the very people that cause the enslavement of mankind. It's actually quite the contrary, mm-hmm. quite the opposite, but anyway. This is the mm-hmm. perception. Now that we... Now, we could easily dismiss such notions as if it were not for the fact that a substantial number of people feel this way. Um, Most good men are poisoned against the craft even before they have the opportunity to make inquiries. There are other issues. Take, for example, the glossy Freemason magazine publication. It always filled with the same type of Mason. Rarely do you see us lowly types adorning those pages. In fact, discussions with brothers has brought forward some interesting commentary of the craft. One, the Brotherhood... You pay money to be a part of, and it's a voluntarily it's a voluntary organization that you can actually leave voluntarily as well. So these people you see on YouTube who say, I escaped the craft. Bullshit. Anyway, moving right along. 
without mention of the rank and file contributors. Two, Freemasons need to stand up and be counted and even go public with a willingness to purge those that defile the craft with their unbecoming deeds. Remember, we're in an information war, and quite frankly, we are losing. Uh, what good is three? What good is an organisation comprising of highly intelligent and influential people if it is not utilised for the good of humanity? After all, charity is not about just giving funds and undertaking projects. Charity should also be uh, should also provide the protection of rights and freedoms. Four, the best of Freemasonry is seldom on is seldom on display or talked about, and we must rid the craft of the notion that it's just another arm of the old boys' network. Uh, because there is no bit boys network mm-hmm. that exists, and it doesn't always in- involve Freemasons. In fact, some of your pedophiles are that type of old boys network. Uh, you need a number of Masons to front the reclamation of the craft's integrity and be more forthcoming about what it actually stands for. No one is buying into the slogans and glossy exterior. Another point. Seek out and rid the craft of the infiltrators, just as you would an intelligence agency, a police force, or a society of men with where the threat to its harmony is real. As you can see, brothers chat. Of course, not many are willing to bring such attention to a man's significance if you're, as yourself, but I'm not one of those to sit idly by and uh, watch a fraternity I'm part of being ripped to pieces because of the inability of our officers to get ahead of the destruction. I have often advocated publicly for Freemasonry and have steadfastly taken all of the attacks. I do this because I believe in what the craft stands for and, more importantly, what it could be. A true service to humanity and not seen as to be the dis- the demise or enslavement of it. I appreciate your time and thank you for your consideration. Blah, 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 blah. And of course, I got back uh, from the secretary. Mm-hmm. Dwayne is a good man. Um, got your email, brother. I've let him know. I've let him know. Uh, he... Um, uh, he understands some of your comments made and whilst not in agreement with them all, his, fo- uh, his focus is very much directed at the feedback that he's received from numerous brethren and they're about to roll out their roadshow. Uh, well, that's pretty lame. Yeah, that's pretty really. lame. But, but uh, I just you. wanted to bring that good to your attention you because, like I said, there are good mm-hmm. ones who are willing to take down the bad ones. And uh, it doesn't uh, matter to me whether, I don't give a crap if they're the head of the SIS or the um, now compromised GCSB mm-hmm. because of the CCP infiltration mm-hmm. through the government. Mm-hmm. And they are, of mm-hmm. course. So, what do you have to say about that? Uh, it's very, very simple. I don't look at anything else but the fact that there is good and there is evil. Because exactly right or wrong. If we, it's right yeah. or wrong, that's right. In all our branches of society, there's mm-hmm. good and evil. Our politicians, not all our politicians are bad, but our government... Looks like shit the right systems, now. The system the is corrupt as. corrupt as. It's self-preservation in and everything it's to- In church, in our churches, in our marais, in our, in our cultures, yep. everywhere there's good and bad. And we're all born with a choice at the end of the day. If you want to associate with something you believe in to be good and you find out that there are people involved that are bad, like you doing something about it, you heard... People out there on online, um, absolutely just rubbishing Freemasonry because they don't even understand it. I mean, like the Demolé, like I said, is a well, youth all it mentoring takes program. To it's meet not one. even a craft. I've never ever met a Freemason until I met you, and as soon as we met in person, you Probably that did, was the first thing. Yeah, that was the first thing you told me, and I admit it. 
yeah. my heart went, oh, okay, hang on. Is that because I'm my white supremacy or what? <laughs> Mate, you're probably blacker than me. I'll yeah. tell you. Well, I did belong to the Caramello Club, I must admit. But that doesn't matter. My whole life, I've never seen colour. I've never seen race. It's what's between your ears and what's in your heart that I see. I've never... There's not a drop of racism in me. I love all people because at the end of the day, we're just one race. That's a human race. That's exactly right. That's it. I don't see race. I've never seen race. I've never... It's like I your detractors, yeah. It's like your online detractors. The ones that, I mean, here you're, you're, you're trying to save the innocence of young children, and these people are trying to take you down. I think they need to be looked Look, at. You I love I mean? them anyway because, in a way, they've helped to get my message out there. What I have noticed is when I started thanking them for the videos they were making of me because they were really good videos. Some of them are humorous. So I was I like, admit. "Thank you so much. You know, keep keep up the good work." They don't put any more videos out of me anymore. I'm like, oh, come on, guys. That's not how team Come on, be honest. The only thing between there is is one brain cell that the ears play ping pong with. When you find your purpose, and my purpose is fighting for the abuse of children and trafficking and sexual exploitation of children to stop, there is nothing that is going to deter me from achieving that, to bringing awareness to our country. And... I've had many, many people mock me throughout this journey, and I just don't care. I honestly don't care, because for every time I get out on the street with my Save Our Children sign, if I can save one child or I can help instill courage into a victim or survivor to step forward and know that they're not alone anymore, I'm here, even if it's just me, but I know there's not. Um, I'm willing to risk it all and... Whatever it takes. And people with what you want. On the screen we've got um going down the bottom there, you'll be able to get hold of Carleen. You've got a, a number there. So anyone look there, we know there's people out there now who have suffered. We know there's people who have not come forward. Come forward. Name them. Let's take them all down and I guarantee we won't have half of the public service left. Seriously. Oh, I think it's that, that endemic that we won't have half of the politicians or public service left. Or probably police to investigate them. You know, when we started this Royal Commission hearing, um, 2018, 2019, there's around about a hundred and between a hundred and fifteen thousand to two hundred and fifty-three um, children who've been through state care That's right. that have and been abused care. and faith-based care yeah. that have been abused. Recently, the latest report has now stated that we're looking at about 655,000 victims. Children. These are children, right. not, not adults. So you're going from zero to 16 years old, right? 655,000 victims. That's just here. And we're worrying about a pandemic that apparently... Killed 24 people, 27 people. Most with comorbidities. We know it's a scam. Everyone knows it's a scam by now. If you don't, you're a loser. But the point of that is this pandemic of child abuse has been going on for years. And it's still going on. And it's because of the people who run our country are involved in the cover-up because some of them are involved. Exactly. And we're going to... Get onto that clip shortly. That'll punctuate the point from a um, an Australian uh, Senate hearing where the guy's just 
he said, you know, you've got names of politicians mm -hmm. here, former prime ministers, mm -hmm. and the cover-up is mm -hmm. huge. Here as well, we have the same thing. Now, the cost, the financials, the victims get two-tenths of nothing, pretty much, right? Yep. A paltry sum for their lives. Yep. And they've got, the, they've got the audacity to run people who have joined gangs because it's the only family they had. Because yeah, their lives right. are ripped apart. Yeah. Others who have mental disorders because no one was there to sort of bring them out of that darkness. Yeah. So they're still carrying it with them. Others who have committed suicide. The suicide rate, I think, would have been huge. I mean, people have died 30, 40 years old mm -hmm. and they said they've died from natural causes. That, you die because your soul is broken. Mm -hmm. and, and even that, that is a, it is a form of murder, what they call murder by proxy. When you have a third party who contributes to the mental deterioration of a person where they end up committing suicide, it is by definition murder by proxy. Correct. So if you look at all the suicides of the people that were abused in state care and they weren't helped coming out of that with their trauma, with the experience they had, with no one getting held accountable, they got to a point where their only choice was they didn't want to live here anymore. They didn't want to exist anymore, so they ended their life. That life that they lived was handed to them by the people who were supposed to be taking care of us. Talking about our government, talking about our politicians, talking about our police, talking about our social welfare workers, we're talking about ACC workers, talking about all of them. They have failed our babies, they have failed our children, and they have failed our families. Or did they really fail, or is it deliberate? They failed the families. They didn't fail them themselves because you can't make money off well-together, put-together families. You can't make money exactly. off healthy people. You can't so traffic kids as easy. You can't traffic kids. And even though some people might have the stigma that trafficking children is only sexual, no, it's not. There are all forms of trafficking. And if... As far as I'm concerned, being in this fight and going through all the evidence and all these documents that we can provide for you all to look at, they're yep. all at your fingertips. <laughs> if you pass one child from one state system to another state system or one state home to another state home or however, whatever care you put them into, <clears throat> that that group or that foundation or that organization requires funding, right? So there is an element of money involved. So when you pass one child from one service to another and the services make money, yep. that is a form of child exploitation and child trafficking. Exactly what it is. Because remember, the children young person's service mm -hmm. <coughs> was so wrought with, the, um, with accusations of foster care abuse and all that sort of stuff because they were just farming mm -hmm. them through sometimes up to what, eight places some of these people were yep. abused in um, and they talk about the costs you know to provide care and protection services for children as young this is 2008-2009 mm -hmm. uh, young people was estimated at 451 million mm -hmm. um, for what? for what? who benefits from this? there's another one here for between 1950 and 2019 uh, of between 96 billion and 217 billion. And the financial cost to the New Zealand economy, 20.8 to 46.7 billion. Mm -hmm. And the non financial costs, I don't know how they quantify non financial costs if they're not talking money, between 77 and 172 billion. 
Right, so you've got between 253 <coughs> and 655,000 victims of child abuse in state care. Yep. Divvy that up, divvy that up, um, that $217 billion up. It works out to about $853,000 per child. Which, of course, they don't get. Of course not. Your inquiry heads, all your bloody lawyers, and all yep. these other department heads and advisors and consultants. Mm-hmm. They're lapping up the money. Psychiatrists, psychologists. Creating jobs for themselves. They didn't help. All they done was created broken families and broken people. And some of these the people involved in this inquiry are part and parcel of the same people oh. who are part of that abuse. So how do you think that's gonna go? I and mean, this is <clears throat> this is the country we're coming to understand. Two hundred and seventeen billion dollars on the abuse of children in state care. And now we've got homeless people. The homelessness is through the roof. We've been through this country twice now. Remember, it's been kind. Twice now. And Rotorua's motels are full. Levin's motels are full. Um, Up north by us, all our motels are full. And they're just giving money out everywhere else but where it really matters. And now looking at these figures where <clears> they've <throat> gone and spent $217 billion on ruining people's lives, getting paid for it, sitting back, and no one's been held accountable for these crimes. And you can get that uh, those figures, if anyone wants to look, is, is the Martin Jenkins Economic Cost of Abuse and Care Final Report, Scoping of Approach and High Level Estimate, 29th of September, 2020. Or you can go on abuseinstatecare.org.nz um, where you can find all that information. Um, you can also read all the testimonies of the survivors that have given testimonies so far. Um, when they do have the hearings, they also live stream it on that website. Um, we've still got two more days um, of inquiry into the abuse in state care um, boys and girls homes happening um, this upcoming week and then they take a break until June where we get to hear um, testimonies from our Lake Alice And this inquiry is three and a half years. Apparently they've been given unprecedented power to lift up any rock to go into delve into anything but I guarantee like normal they'll get to one they'll see a detour sign and off they'll go instead of kicking that thing over. And also, with a budget of $56 million, and they've run out. How's that? Of course. For four people to sit on a council and listen to testimony. Jobs for the boys. Stuff you children. That's their attitude. This is where your taxpayer dollar is going. But they're distracting you with all these other things. Yep. And it's really important that people realise what is actually going on in the background of all these little red, what do they call them, psyops and red flags. Oh, for sure. This Royal Commission hearing has been happening for two years now, and you don't see a damn thing about it on our mainstream media. Has the has their playbook. We know everything these guys, these crazy are up to. So, what we're going to do now, just to impress on you all, the what we're actually up against. Have a look at what happened to a commission of inquiry in Australia and one man's commentary on that. Check this out. We should include in the terms of reference the institution of the law. And I have documents here which the Royal Commission has seen 
to justify that case, and in fact, every Attorney General, from Attorney General Ruddock till now, has seen some of these documents, and they are they are police documents, and uh, they are very disturbing. So, having produced a set of documents to the Royal Commission under an order to produce, which includes disturbingly documents that name in one document 28 people as alleged pedophiles, signed off by Gary Crook QC, counsel assisting an earlier Royal Commission, includes a whole lot of prominent people. And I think to protect the discretion of the Royal Commission, I won't comment on what the Commission thought, except that they thought it was outside the terms of reference of the Royal Commission. We have in Australia, sadly, a compromise at the highest of levels. There's a former Prime Minister on this list, and it is a police document. And that's the type of thing we are up against here. You're back with Counterspin. It's, the onus is on every single one of you watching this. Do not take the spotlight off them. Do not let them cover up anymore. Do not let them sweep it under the carpet. Do not take your foot off the gas. Every time you see them doing something that looks like they're trying to pull a Swifty, hammer it home. Highlight it. Hold every single one of these people accountable. Because believe me, they're only scratching the surface. This thing is going to be huge. That's real people when yeah. they speak out. Um, one of the things that I wanted to also um, just make everybody aware of, these inquiries are open to the public and they're held at 414 Kyber Pass and the corner of Kingdon Road, I think is the address. Yeah. Um, and it is open to the public. They do have certain testimony that they do close off, but other than that, it's open. Now, what's happening in these inquiries the general public who are there to bear witness themselves to these testimonies and to these hearings, in these audiences we have um, psychiatrists, psychologists and social workers sitting there to kind of offer support to people in the audience um, if they feel like something's happening to them um, mentally or emotionally to kind of help them process what they've just had to hear. And that's just for the general audience. But these survivors and victims that are getting up on these stands and giving testimony to what happened to them, they're reliving that pain and that trauma, re-traumatizing themselves to help all of us yeah. uh, make sure this doesn't happen to our kids anymore. There is no aftercare for them. There is no follow-up. Once they walk out of that inquiry and return home to their life thinking man i feel like i'm finally got finally to say something got to say something um but when you relive some kind of trauma there's still a little bit that affects you right and having support there is really important but again they're getting let down by all of us really yeah. All of us are letting them down. If we're not saying anything or doing anything or offering mm. help, we're just as bad as these inquiries and these royal commissions. 
Yeah. And it's I, I don't want to. New Zealand's got a history of, of failure for children. But you look at Senator Heffernan's speech. It's the same in Australia. Everywhere. Um, and. I'm not going to go too much into that because I haven't really delved into Australia. I'm trying to help our own babies here. Yeah, we, we need to focus on home for but sure. we do have someone in our country who has been living here for the last three years um, who is a specialist in child abuse in state and faith-based care in Australia, and that is our cousin. Karen Brewer. Yeah, actually, Karen Brewer does, speaking of her, Karen Brewer does some actually amazing work. She's out there hitting the pavement. She's making everyone aware. She has a fixation on Freemason Demolay. So what I want to do, Karen, <coughs> is I want to invite you on the show. In fact, work with me. Help me to rid our craft of all these cretins. I want people who know Freemasons, who have been victims of any Freemason, any sort of satanic abuse, any sort of ritualistic abuse, any sort of abuse whatsoever. Give me the name and give me the lodge. And we will go after them and we will rip them out. You see, they're, they're a disease. We're the cure. And we're coming for them. And we ain't this sort of serum cure that they're trying to get, in you for, get into you for this pandemic. That will kill you. <laughs> True story. No, it is a true story, mate. Um, but I hope um, Karen accepts your invitation. I'd like you to, for sure. Because I think that together, all of us that are coming together who are really standing up for this, yourself, myself, um, I know you began a project called Operation Dark, Dark Place, Place. Yep. Um, which you can find on which Facebook you're part of? as well, which I'm a part of as well. Um, so we've been working together for a while to try and give people a platform, victims and survivors, a platform, say, hey, look, we're out here and we want to help do something about these atrocities. We actually really do care. And something will actually get done. And we're doing it. We're all doing it in our own way. Um, I just I just know that this is bigger than anything we've got going on in our country right now. It's it's humongous. Six hundred and fifty five thousand victims and that's only, only reported that's ones. only reported ones. It'll be a lot bigger. And still happening now. Mm-hmm. So if you any of you out there, I don't care how high this goes, I don't care what level department, what agency of the government, if you have information, facts and evidence and you're too scared to blow it yourself, give it to me. I will lay waste to these creatures. Give it to Carlene. You can see the uh, number scrolling on the screen. Take it down. Make the call. If you're worried about being tapped into by people, because that does happen, believe me, then create a Wicker account. Send to OpDarkPlace. O-P-D-A-R-K-P-L-A-C-E. OpDarkPlace. They can't get into that one. Uh, the police tried to say that they um, did that. Wicker then um, sued them. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, they lied. So, <clears throat> so Wicker to this point is still pretty safe to let us know what's going on, and we will. And if you get a chance, have a look at pl things like the Justin Davis files online. Have a read of that one man's information, inside info. I can't personally testify to the um, authenticity of all of it. But I can tell you now, there's a lot of it that is certainly ringing true. Have a look at some of the things one person faces when he decides to come out. Yeah, and that's easy to find. All you do is just go on Google or Duck 
DuckDuckGo and just type Justin Davies files. It's it's still there. Yeah. So see for what the censorship, right? When we really touch on something that's really, really like heavy, all right, we start getting shut down. But um people have found a way to keep this file alive and it's really important because the information in there huge. Is absolutely humongous. There's a certain politician who's uh, lawyered up to try mm-hmm. to suppress um, child trafficking, pedophile rings, operating out of his parliamentary office, just saying. If people want to uh, look online for that, you know, might find a few things that might lead other places, just saying. So there we go. Everyone, it's on us all. Let's take these creatures down together. Upcoming shows, we'll be having... Um, a follow-up shortly with Liz Lambert on the Elode Your Title. We know we've got a lot of questions coming from that, so we want to uh, simplify the whole thing. And this is your pushback. You are the crest of the human tsunami that we are building to reclaim this country. You're not alone. The media will tell you that, that you're isolated groups. You're not. You are the majority. They are the mi- minority. Remember that. Um, our website, again, will soon be online. You'll be able to sign up, and when you do, you'll get a free take down the CCP ringtone. I was looking at the wrong camera. I do that sometimes. <laughs> my little rants, and away I go. So, um, uh, we'll also be having shows on the debt-based monetary system, how our debt is impossible to repay. That's why we're forfeiting our real wealth. That's why the farmers are getting attacked. The Great Reset's bad news for us all. Um, it's all about no more private property rights, putting you in little pens, and, uh, of course, you're not going to bite the hand that feeds you. Um... Did I mention 1080 Poison? We're definitely going to have a show on that because that is a big subject. Um, and rigged elections. The ballots are due to be destroyed shortly. Someone put an injunction in. We're trying to work it on now. Find somewhere in the South Island especially. Canvas the people. All you've got to get is enough affidavits to say you voted for this particular person. And if it does not match what they gave on election night, you are, f- you are set to do an injunction. That should be enough to stop the destruction of those ballots. Because trust me, there is something that stinks in Denmark and it ain't the damn fish. Anyway, my rant's over. Mm-hmm. My negress. <laughs> I had to say it. I had to say it. I had to say it. Okay, I'm so not I'm offended. I'm absolutely nah, not offended. Right. I mean, we just laughing today. These people are trying to make it bigger than people it is. are just getting so Mentally sensitive Ill. these days because there's so much out there, so much going on. Yeah, but people just stay focused on what matters. On and what this really matters. matters. Our children. Without our children, your bloodline dies, your legacy dies. There'll be no one here to take over this right. place when we're all gone and we're all gotten rid of. So our children should be everyone's number one priority. And I just ask you, please, if you can, um, like Calvin said, um, very easy to get a hold of. And just please reach find out. the courage to reach out. Or if you know someone that is going through to support them, stand by them because they need support as your much job as to prove it. you are do. the shield to the innocent. That's right. Stand now. That's good. Then we will be following the story with the Royal Commission and different shows as we go along because we're not going to take the spotlight off this. We have to see this thing through to the end. Um, so I'm going to now end the show. Mm-hmm. Which is going to be sad because it's great talking to you. We're going to end the show with my favourite song. I don't give a, I don't give a stuff, but it annoys you. I love it because it's happening. These people have got to be taken down. Okay, so here we go. Let's hear it. 
是我们的武器，我们的胜利。谢谢了，兄弟姐妹们，你们健身了吗？行动，行动，行动！中共已完了。
Kadang. The evil CCP.